Thank you for checking out Coffee Pods, a Coffee Break length look into the Christian healing ministry. Through honest discussion, Season 6 has us talking about when our own healing journey has been challenged. So, whether you're a cappuccino, a latte, or an Americano, there's something here for you. So pick up your coffee mug, plug in your earbuds, and let's talk. everyone and welcome to another episode of coffee pod conversations lovely to have you with us and we've also got wes with us as usual morning and it's lisa speaking here um, and today we are going to be exploring one of the questions that's come through from one of our listeners um, in relation particularly to the christian healing ministry and the question that we have been sent through is that the healing ministry has been a feature in the history of the church since the start Yet for some, it seems difficult to conceive it as a regular part of church life. And so, Wes, why do you think that might be? Great question, Lisa. Um, And uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, Church history reveals that the healing ministry has been part of church life all the way through every season of church, sometimes more prominent than others. And sometimes you think it's slightly, you know, faded away and lost, but it's always there in someone somewhere. But I think that the difficulty is that it requires a change of culture as well as simply a change of activity. It's not sort of the sort of thing that you can just simply bolt on to the rest of church life and hope that every now and again it works. Um, So one of the cultural changes is that we need to move from the idea that the church is here for us to meet our needs to the idea that the church is here um, to fulfill God's agenda, his kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. I think one of the other issues is that it comes down to um, a shift in the culture of how we, how we move to a holistic ministry, that we're dealing with the whole person, mm. not just their spiritual lives, not whether they just can sit in a pew on a Sunday or a chair and, and do what we want them to do. So, you know, we've all been asked, you know, how are you doing spiritually? As if you can separate that from your physical and your mental and your emotional and your relational and societal and creational. And so it goes on. And so I think, I think there are some cultural shifts that have to take place and they are quite significant for for churches. I think one of the other things, of course, is um, after the war, the second world war, which now seems a quite a dim and distant past, I, I guess, for this new generation, people had lived through hell. So they were looking for heaven. And where as much more now in a in a postmodern type of situation, we're in the place where people are looking for life now, not just life in the in eternity. And mm-hmm. and so there's a you know, it's almost like the church needs to re-engineer its thinking and about how it deals with this. Um and so I think there are a number of big, big cultural changes that have to take place. Yeah, that's so interesting. And it makes me think when you just mentioned the first point about the church meeting our needs rather than fulfilling God's agenda. I remember, I've probably heard it a few times, but being at church and they say you almost like treat your 
church gathering, whether it's on a Sunday or whenever it is, a bit like a petrol station that you come in, you fill up and you go out. And I think that's true, but to the point where you're still fulfilling God's agenda and healing is part of that, isn't it? Absolutely, and and I think you know the 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 question prompts the 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 the, the answer that actually that this healing ministry just needs to be part of ordinary everyday living, mm. you know. But I mean, we do the same thing with evangelism, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. we have people who we think are really good at evangelism, and they do it for us. But actually, we're all supposed to be able to mm. carry this Jesus message. Yeah. So you, do you think that what we believe can be a factor or even what our church believes? Do you think it can help or hinder? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I grew up in a, in a church where we believed in God, the Father, God, the Son and God, the Holy Bible. Mm. Um, and so the Holy Spirit was clearly in the pages, but we never saw him. We never it was never there. Part of our theology was that, uh, in a sense, our praying was just to help us almost feel better. We didn't ever expect anything to happen through the praying, but, you know, we carried on um, praying. And, 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 you know, I may be being a little sort of uh, unkind on it, but that as a as a 14 year old, 15 year old, that was the impression that you got. I mean, I I, I didn't really expect God to answer prayer because he, you know, we didn't, (laughs) you know, we didn't see it, you know. So I think one of the key things is there needs to become. Uh, part of us, uh, uh, quite a theological change in, in honestly. I mean, the nature of God's intervention, is God an interventionist? Can I honestly expect God on his throne somewhere to n- uh, not only be aware of what's going on here, but to actually be willing to do something about it? That's a huge theological shift. But also, um, the second bit is, is in my part in it. I mean, he's got honestly going to use someone like me to get what he wants done on the earth mm. and actually have to make those two big shifts if this is going to be a, a valid thing um practically too there has to be some changes in the way that we um we do it some churches do prayer and healing ministry well i'll be honest some don't um i mean think about it people are taking a huge risk when they come forward for prayer, I mean, vulnerability, I mean, the whole exposure. Um, and so we need to help people make that step rather than just say, well, we're going to pray for you all now and expect people to go, oh, yeah, of course, I'll bring all my dirty washing mm. out to the front of the church and hang it up in public as if nobody's looking. Yeah, yeah. especially people who for, for them, church, they may be going for the first time or it's just not a familiar place or culture for them to be uh put into i can certainly see that yeah and, and actually i mean the thing I, I really love ikea um not just because it's furniture but they've <laughs> got something they can get you to go upstairs in their buildings first mm. so you go to most ikea stores you go up the escalator to the to the first floor and that's where the showroom the restaurant is yeah. and then you come downstairs to you know, to go through the marketplace and buy your stuff. And, and by the way, just anybody listening, we don't get paid for sponsoring. You know, we're not sponsored by IKEA. <laughs> but it, it fascinated me. In church buildings, if you're a newcomer and you were made to go upstairs first, it would be like, what? How? Mm. And so I think one of the things that we have to do practically is make it really easy for people at a time when they're potentially struggling mm-hmm. 
you know, and, un, and insecure to say, we're going to make this as easy as possible for you. So what does that look like? How, how do we do that? And I suppose also what is good practice and what's not good practice? Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> hey, Acor, we should do a we should do a seminar on that, shouldn't we? We're training <laughs> yeah. thing on good practice and and, and bad practice. Yeah. Well, I think, for instance, if, if if somebody stands up and says in a church, "Okay, um, if you need healing, we want you to get out of your seat and come to the front now." Yeah. Majority of people, unless they're utterly desperate and fairly confident, yeah. are not going to move. Most of us wouldn't. No, and we've all seen that, haven't we? We've okay. been in that moment. Yeah. And of course, we've then watched people being prayed for at the front that could take a long time. And you're thinking, what are they doing to them? You know, and, and, and there's no help or understanding, which is why in ACORN we try and um, take all the mystique out of it. Mm. So I'll often explain, hey, guys, we're, we're just going to pray. This is what we're going to do. You know, and I've even said to some people, if you'd like to just sit where you are and quietly be prayed for, that's fine. Mm. So I think where and when, I mean, the idea of suddenly being taken off into a secret room somewhere off the side of the church, mm. you know, and you're thinking, no way. So I've seen some of the most lovely moments of prayer just done over coffee. You know, you'd, you wouldn't have known that somebody was being prayed for. Mm. So how do we make it uh, natural? Um, who and how is it presented? You know, what's, what's, what's the thing like? So I used to say in Vineyard, if you ever respond to prayer for anything in this church, nobody is going to assume that you're an axe murderer. Yeah. Okay. We're all just going to assume that you need a bit more of Jesus than you've got right now. And frankly, that's all of us, yeah. including me. And actually, one of the great things, I think, is when leaders get prayed for as well. I think that's a great thing. Mm. And of course, big questions. How long does it go on for? You know, I mean, you know, am I going to have a birthday before they're finished? <laughs> and, and so I know this sounds a bit ridiculous, but th those sort of things, many churches don't really think through a what it's like to come and be what it looks like for everybody else, because you're sending a message to everybody else if it's their turn next time. Yeah. I suppose some people will have to deal with fear as well uh, in those moments. Yeah. I mean, if you're being prayed for, if you're doing the praying, you know, both fear comes into both of those things. So, mm -hmm. um, do you know, so, Lisa, some people are afraid that it won't happen. If I pray for somebody, they're afraid it won't happen. Some people are afraid that it will. Yes. Because if it happens, then that means, oh my goodness me, God is out of the box and we can't put him back in it. Um, and so I think one of the things for, on both sides, we have to get over that. Um, I, I think the answer to that for me has always been, God can look after his own reputation. Yeah. Okay, so if I pray for somebody and, and something miraculous doesn't happen in that minute, I don't think God's sitting there thinking, oh, Wes, what have you done now? And, and Christianity isn't going to end simply because I prayed for somebody and, and, and it didn't happen immediately. Um, but I think people are touched by genuine compassion. Yeah. I think if they know that you've prayed with, with sincerity and genuine compassion for them, um, and you haven't taken advantage of them in any way. I think that's wonderful. Mm. And, you know, some people are afraid they're going to look stupid. Uh, do you know, you are. <laughs> I mean, I mean who, who does this in normal life? And so I think part of that is I, I had to get over that right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah I'm, 
I'm going to look a bit daft sometimes. Okay, so what? Yeah, yeah. I love your point about the genuine compassion. And I've recently been praying for somebody um, for healing who's we've been praying as a team, actually. And um, I talk about it to my partner, who's not a Christian at this time, but I say that we're praying for this person. And I feel like he receives that knowing that there's genuine compassion from us as a team here at Acorn praying for that particular person. And he, and it's lovely to see him receive it uh, in that way. Yes. And, and, you know, in, in all the years I've been involved in this ministry, I've, I've not only done it and taught it and everything else, but I've observed other people doing it too. Mm. And, and I, you know, when it's coming out of compassion Mm. and you know, when it's not, and I've, you know, I've been prayed for, um, and I know that the person was just using me as an example of their ministry. Okay. Yeah. And you think, yeah, I'm not into that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But actually, I've watched others pray, you know, and it's not just tears, but I've watched others pray with such incredible love from God for people. Mm. That, and of course, Heidi Baker, that was her thing. Mm-hmm. It was the love of God that, that led to some of the miracles for her. Yeah, and also I suppose we see Jesus model almost a methodology, don't we, of, of how we can do this well. I mean, that's a great point because I think most people, if think about it, they haven't seen anybody healed. And, and chances are they've probably not seen anybody prayed for like that. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we try and do, you know, when we're with people and, and teaching is to say, okay, this is what it looks like. It, it may look like this. And I know that when I'm do it, teaching at a church or or the group of of Christians about healing. I know what they're waiting for. They're waiting for the moment. Say, okay, you know, smarty pants, <laughs> go do it. Let me let us watch. And so uh, Jesus lets the disciples watch, and then he involves them in it. Mm. You, you know, and I think that's the key thing. We just got to let modelling happen. Just say, look, this is what it feels like, maybe a mm. bit. And I think the good thing within that is. Um, I just say to people, if you pray for somebody on one occasion, you are not then responsible for that person's life for all time. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that people think, well, if I pray for them, you know, I've got to fix their car and their marriage and their drains and their kids and their, it's not like that. You just got to be available and present to God in that moment Mm -hmm. and let God work out the bits that follow it. Yeah. And that's something we do actually here at Acorn is we don't tend to, if we have people coming to events regularly, we don't tend to link them with somebody they've been prayed with before. Um, And that's partly so that there's not a dependency, but also I think it can model what you've just said, that that person who was the prayer can have that lifted from them, that they're not having to be responsible for that person's healing journey. Uh, absolutely and and i think one of the difficulties in the in the healing ministry is when we either intentionally or unintentionally take the place of god mm-hmm. um and of course none of us are built for that at all yeah so what about church leaders how does this work for them oh oh bless them look i've been one i was a, i was a <laughs> church leader in the same church for 19 years um <clears throat> what i would say about church leaders is that they have a lot going on. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of conflicting uh, agendas in a church. People in, in churches want things that are mutually exclusive. You know, yeah. they want this and somebody else wants the complete opposite of it. And in the middle is your church leader, your vicar, your pastor, just trying to navigate his way through being, oh. you know, leading the, the flock. Um, and so there are different agendas in the church and, and you can't set up everything at the same time all the time. So I think there's a, there's a thing that is important within that. I think the other issue is that um, you can't just announce a healing meeting and expect a, the church to get behind it and people to come to it. Yeah. Okay. I think you have to prepare ground. I think it has to become part of who we are. I mean, you've said, Lisa, to, in some of the podcasts, that this is not something that we do. This is something that we are. Yeah. And I think particularly in this healing ministry of Jesus, we live this. We don't just do this. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that so that, that has to be prepared. It has to be made space for. And actually, that's over a, a period of time. I mean, most of us didn't get um, into the healing ministry by going to one conference on a weekend and thinking, fine, cracked it. Yeah. Um, and that's why in the School of Healing, we're always renewing our understanding and exploring stuff. So I would say, be kind, please, to your church leader. Yeah. Um, give them a break. And But if you are just one or two people in a church and you've got a, a passion or an interest even in the healing ministry of Jesus, then one of the things that Acorn is, is doing is we're drawing people like you together where you are and say, okay, there's a way that we can still grow in, in this. Um, and, you know, we're looking at healing hubs and other things that we can possibly do. And before anybody thinks Wes has come up with a brilliant idea, can I say this was Bishop Morris Maddox's idea back in 1983 when he started Acorn. So we're just treading in his footsteps. Yeah. Awesome. Some really helpful stuff in. I've just been trying to sum it up while you've been talking as well. And I guess some key things would be to think about some cultural changes that might be uh, need, need to be assessed, maybe some theological changes. Also, the importance of modelling uh, a methodology. I think that's really key as well. Um, but for now, Wes, will you pray for those who have a longing to see it happen, but maybe um, have no easy context in which to move forward? Yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that this ministry of Jesus that you've entrusted to the church is all your idea. Thank you that it expresses your love and your compassion for those who are in moments of great need and sorrow and at times great pain. And so, Lord, thank you that you're stirring your church in this day, in this generation again, to reach out to you for the healing ministry. And I simply pray today for all those, Lord, ones and twos in churches who've heard something in their spirit from heaven, that this is the time to step forward and, and become a partner with you in this great kingdom move. Lord, I pray your blessing on them. Lord, connect them with the right people. Lord, connect them with like-minded people. And Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that as they talk together and pray together, that you will fill the rooms where they meet with your presence. And Lord, for those who are listening today who need a healing touch from heaven, 
Holy Spirit, now I ask you, come upon them. Lord, I release healing in Jesus' name to body and mind and spirit. Let your kingdom come. Let your will now be being done in these hearts and homes and lives as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lovely. Thank you, Wes. And thank you all for joining us again. Next week, we are going to be looking and exploring at one of your questions that's come through. Take care and we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Coffee Pods. We hope that you have found today's episode helpful and inspiring. If you have a question of your own about Christian healing, send it to info at acornchristian.org and we'll respond. For more information about Acorn, our events, and how to support our work, check out www.acornchristian.org. See you next time.